The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Filato's Fantasy Corner. I haven't done one of these in a while. Here on the Big Blue View Radio Network, I am the host, Nick Filato, and let's dive into it. We have a lot to get into. First off, in terms of fantasy football, some ground rules. We went over it extensively last summer on the website. When it comes to fantasy football, you want to look to attack opportunity game script and games with high over-unders when you're making determinations on players that aren't stars. So obviously, if there is a player who is not in the best game script against a really good defense, but he was a first-round pick, you can still consider starting him, unless it is someone like Saquon Barkley these last two weeks, who I did not want to start on the teams that I owned him, or Ezekiel Elliott in week one, although I was forced to start him in one league, did not go over all that well. So we're going to go over all of these types of things throughout the season, throughout the year, but this is going to be a week two breakdown. My rankings should be up on the site on Saturday. You can check them out there. Let's start with the 49ers traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles. The 49ers are road favorites by three points with an implied total of 26 and a half. So the Eagles implied total is 23 and a half, the highest implied total in this week is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 32 and a half points. So this game, Jalen Hurts balled out. He looked good throwing the football. He looked good running the football. He's 6,500 on DraftKings. He's definitely somebody that you want to plug and play as of right now. He is my 11th ranked quarterback. I'm really going back between him and Matt Stafford on the road against Indianapolis. But if you have Jalen Hurts, you're more than likely starting him. Jimmy Garoppolo is interesting in the sense that he's still the starting quarterback. I have him as my quarterback 22. I'm probably not, I'm definitely not going to start him in any kind of one quarterback league unless it's an incredibly deep league and you ended up losing Ryan Fitzpatrick and you need a spot start. Philly's defense looked really good, but was that Philly's defense being good or Atlanta's offense just being absolutely abysmal? Either way, look for another quarterback in this situation. The running backs in this game, Miles Sanders is definitely someone that you can start because he had a 14% target share through the air. Five targets caught four of them last week. Saw 66% of the snaps. However, it was Kenny Gainwell, the rookie, who found himself on the field in the red zone. And I think Gainwell can continue to kind of become that third down back and possibly steal some red zone work from Miles Sanders. He played Kenny Gainwell, that is, the Boston Scott role last week, and I expect him to possibly have some fantasy value down 
the stretch of the season. So I would pick him up if you can, especially since Miles Sanders is prone to getting dinged up here and there. And then this 49ers running back situation, Trey Sermon, Kyle Shanahan came out and said he's going to dress, but Elijah Mitchell is the guy that you want to play in this situation. I I, I get frustrated with Kyle Shanahan in terms of his running backs. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Bill Belichick, so I would not be shocked if maybe not this week, but by week three, we see a big letdown game from Eli Mitchell. I think he looked great out there from everything I saw. He had 19 carries for 104 yards, a touchdown, wasn't targeted in the receiving game. That was more Jermichael Hasty's role. But as of right now, he is the guy to own Trey Sermon. I would not drop him in your season-long leagues, although I would not start him in this game, and nor would I really start Jamichael Hasty. but he's worth a speculative add. For the wide receivers, Debo Samuel, fire him up. Brandon Ayuk, big goose egg, was just a distraction last week, didn't even get targeted. It was very, very disappointing. I do not want to start Brandon Ayuk. I do not have him ranked in my top 40 receivers, but I do have a league where I selected him with a pretty solid pick, and I lost Jerry Judy so I'm probably going to be pigeonholed into starting Brandon Ayuk. Some other people are going to be in that situation. Devontae Smith, he's somebody certainly to start. Jalen Rager, he saw six targets. He called all six in three wide receiver leagues. I think he could be a flex option, specifically in full PPR type of formats, but there are better options out there. And other than those players, I'm not really looking to start any wide receiver in this game. George Kittle, you're firing him up. Zach Ertz, he's dealing with the hamstring injury. But uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to miss this affair as of right now, according to the information that I have. But I think Dallas Goddard's somebody that you're probably going to have, probably going to start, saw five targets, caught four of them for 42 yards, and that touchdown against the San Francisco 49ers defense, who has really, really good linebacking play. I still think Goddard can be a solid option at home. So in this gross landscape that we know as tight end, he's somebody to consider. I have him as the 10th ranked tight end this week. Moving on to the Buffalo-Miami game. This is a game with an over-under of 47.5. Buffalo Bills have an implied point total of 25.5. Miami Dolphins, 22. So the Bills are favored by 3.5 points. Divisional game on the road. I expect a bounce-back type of week from Josh Allen, who disappointed by most metrics against that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. He only ended up having 18 fantasy points. And that's not the Josh Allen, that MVP candidate that we are looking to experience. So I expect to bounce back a fair fire him up. Tua, two quarterback leagues. He is a, a you know, low-level quarterback, too. Threw for 202 yards last week. Had an interception. Won't have Will Fuller in this game. I expect Jalen Waddle just to transition to receivers, to be heavily involved once again without Will Fuller. He has off. Five targets, caught four of them for 61 yards, had that touchdown as well. 16 fantasy points in full PPR. And I think Stephon Diggs may be lining up against Devontae Parker, who had a bigger target share than Jalen Waddle. I think you could start either as wide receiver threes, but I would look to probably get off them both in uh, – in, wide in two wide receiver type of leagues. Cole Beasley is also a wide receiver three that I feel like you can consider. He's somebody who keeps seeing a solid target share. I have him, Cole Beasley that is, as my 39th ranked receiver, Jalen Waddle, as my 38th. I should probably bump him up a little bit now that 
the news came out about Will Fuller missing this game, which is not due to injury. It's not due to suspension. It's due to something else, according to the team. Stefan Diggs, obviously you're firing him up. Miles Gaskin, I'm still firing him up as a low-end running back, too. He only had nine carries last week for 49 yards, but that was up in New England. And he had the five targets. He's going to have that high target share. Tua likes to dump it off to the running back. So I am still going to start Miles Gaskin in most formats. Zach Moss reportedly was a healthy scratch. But it came out that he was inactive because he was dealing with a slight injury. So he might be playing in this game. So watch out for that. That could take some carries away from Devin Singletary, who's not exactly a running back I'm looking to play anyways. I have him ranked right now as my 32nd ranked running back, but if Moss is healthy and is going to play, which it looks like that may happen and he won't be scratched, then I probably wouldn't even have him ranked in my top 35. This is not a football team that is going to be running the football all that often. The offense runs through Stefan Diggs. The offense runs through Josh Allen and his playmaking ability. And then the tight ends, Mike Kosicki, big goose egg. And they, this Miami tight end group, they just love to use multiple. They use Durham Smythe, they use Stephen Carter, they use the rookie out of Boston College, Hunter Long. So I'm really not wanting to start Mike Kosicki. I'm not going to start Dawson Knox either. Let's move on to the Houston and Cleveland game. Now, this is a uh, huge implied point total for the Cleveland Browns, 30 and a half. The over-under of 48. The Browns are 13-point favorites. The Texans won at home against Jacksonville. But this should just be a, a slaughtering for the Cleveland Browns. Mostly because the Browns, who just lost the game at Arrowhead, played really well in that game and just made a couple mistakes down the stretch on the offensive side of the ball against the Houston Texans team that didn't look all that great against Jacksonville. It's just Jacksonville just really, really sucks. So I, I, I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to have huge games have Hunt ranked as my running back 17 right now, just in front of Miles Gaskin, because I believe he's probably going to see a lot of fourth quarter carries in garbage time. Hopefully it's not too ridiculous to where the Cleveland Browns end up putting in players like Ernest Johnson. I think Baker Mayfield is a quarterback that you can start in two quarterback leagues. I mean, you hope that the Browns throw a couple touchdowns early in this game before they start bleeding the clock out because if it's a bunch of rushing touchdowns early, his game may not be as um, fruitful in terms of fantasy points. But right now I have him ranked as the 14th quarterback. He's not going to have Odell Beckham Jr. Anthony Schwartz, an impressive rookie, is also dealing with an injury right now. If Schwartz misses this game, I actually kind of think Donovan Peoples-Jones in a deeper receiver type of league becomes an interesting option. Yeah, he only had one target, one catch for four yards last week, but he was involved. He ran routes on 82.1% of the dropbacks for Baker Mayfield and without Schwartz and without Odell Beckham Jr. I think his involvement is going to be increased along with Jarvis Landry who's going to be the Texans focal point and also Austin Hooper. So I think all those guys could be in play if Schwartz ends up missing this game. And as for the Houston side, I'm not really looking to start anybody. I'm not going to start Mark Ingram. But Brandon Cooks is somebody, I think, in three receiver leagues that can definitely be considered. Had seven targets, caught five of them for 132 yards. Is probably going to get the Denzel Ward treatment, which is not something you necessarily want to see. But outside of Brandon Cooks, I'm not really considering anybody. And if you, I mean, if it's a deep tight end league and tight end premium league, I guess you can consider Farrell Brown. He had five targets, caught four of them for 67 yards. Gigantic type of man. He's questionable with an ankle and a shoulder injury heading into this game, so you would want to monitor that. But that's if you're just really, really, really desperate. Cleveland's defense is an awesome 
start here. Cincinnati and Chicago. We have the Bengals coming off the win, beating, defeating the Minnesota Vikings. Now have to travel to the Chicago Bears, where the Bears are favored in this game by two and a half points with an implied point total of 23 and a half. And the over-under is 45. So it's not the sexiest of games, I would say. You're not going to start Andy Dalton. He can get benched at any minute for Justin Fields. I think Joe Burrow, if you have him, you're probably going to be rolling with him in two quarterback leagues. More specifically, I have him as my quarterback 16 right now, just behind Teddy Bridgewater, to be honest, who looked phenomenal against the New York Giants, as most of you who are listening to this are aware of, unfortunately. So I think there are better quarterbacks that could be around in single quarterback leagues, 10-team leagues, single quarterback leagues. But still, if you have Joe Burrow, you hope they throw the football a little bit more because last week they didn't throw the ball that much. He was really efficient. He was 20 of 27 for 261 yards, two touchdowns. You love to see it. But that game plan against Minnesota ran through Joe Mixon. And I think the game plan, again, is going to run through Joe Mixon. Short passes, though, as well, because Mixon had four targets, called all four for 23 yards. That's very, very important. You're firing up Mixon in this game. You're firing up David Montgomery, who looked excellent on Sunday night football, 16 carries for 108 yards against a very, very good Los Angeles Rams defense. And if you're very, very desperate in very, very deep, deep leagues, I think Damian Williams is somebody that you can add because if something were to happen to David Montgomery, Williams would assume that role because Tariq Cohen is out right now and Chicago doesn't really have much behind Damian Williams other than Khalil Herbert, the rookie out of Virginia Tech. But Damian Williams is not somebody you're going to be starting in this game. Wide receivers, Allen Robinson firing him up, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd firing him up. And I honestly think Darnell Mooney is a player that you can fire up right now. He's questionable with a back injury. You have to monitor that. But he is somebody who had seven targets in this game. He's somebody who received so much hype in the offseason. He had an 18% target share in this game tied with Cole Komet who's somebody else you could start now Mooney's not somebody that you know you want to plug and play be confident about but if you're desperate I think he's somebody that you can you can quietly start against a a Cincinnati team that just allowed a bunch of yards to KJ Osborne you know the Bengals are going to predicate their defense on stopping Allen Robinson who is a target monster and a great wide receiver so I think that can open up opportunities one-on-one matchups for Darnell Mooney tight ends Cole Komet I think you can start him, to be honest. He had seven targets, five catches for 42 yards. We saw a big play to Tyler Conklin last week against this defense, but Tyler Conklin isn't Cole Komet, and I think Komet is actually in for a sort of mini breakout type of year. I don't think he's going to be a star in fantasy, but I think he's going to be an adequate fantasy option at the tight end position that doesn't have a lot of adequate fantasy options. So I think you can start Komet, but there's probably better options out there for you right now. I have Cole Komet ranked as my 13th tight end behind Jared Cook, who I have significantly higher than Komet. If I had Cook, if I had Komet, I would definitely go with Jared Cook. The New England Patriots and the New York Jets over under of 48. The Patriots are favored in this game by six. The implied point total for the Jets is 21. Implied point total for the Patriots is 27. And I think Mac Jones is somebody in two quarterback leagues you can consider. I have him as quarterback 23 right now against a Jets defense that wasn't terrible against Sam Darnold and the and the Carolina Panthers last week on the road. I mean, I'd rather go with 
players like Trevor Lawrence, you know, or Tua Tungabailoa, who I have at 19, Lawrence, who I have at 21 against Denver, a defense that's really, really good. But I think it's something that if you're desperate, you can go with Zach Wilson. I'd rather try to get away from against Bill Belichick. We know what Bill Belichick can do to these rookie quarterbacks, and we've seen that time and time again. Although on the Jets side of things, I don't want any running back, but I will start Corey Davis because Corey Davis is that primary read. He had seven targets, caught five of them, two touchdowns, and 97 yards. Other than that, I don't really want to mess with the New York Jets. I do think Damian Harris is a solid option, even though he fumbled the football. He still had 53% of the running back snaps, had a couple targets, which is something we're not expecting to be in his repertoire. I think James White is also in play. He had seven targets, caught six of them for 49 yards last week tight end wise Johnny Smith if he's healthy he's questionable right now is somebody who could be interesting you know the Patriots are trying to get the football in his hand any way they can he had five targets called all five for 42 yards and also had a rushing attempt Hunter Henry's a little bit of a deeper play for me I'd, I'd rather not go down that hole and then Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar are both in play as wide receiver threes Jacoby Myers had more targets Nelson Aguilar had more production Myers caught Six of his nine targets for 44 yards, and Aguilar caught five of his seven targets for 72 yards. So you you can make your determination on what you think the target distribution is going to be like between those two against a team like the New York Jets who aren't necessarily strong in the secondary. I expect Myers to be that short to intermediate PPR type of option, whereas Nelson Aguilar may have more of the potential to hit a big play. Jamison Crowder looks like he could be, well, he is off the COVID list, but now he has a groin injury, so he's questionable to play, and I wish I could recommend playing Elijah Moore, but he looked really, really bad in that game against Carolina, so I would avoid going in that direction. Moving on, and oh yeah, the Patriots, solid defense to play even though they're on the road. Moving on to the Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jags. In this game, Trevor Lawrence, an option. Teddy Bridgewater, as I said, an option. Love both the running backs of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon's 5,900 on DraftKings. Javante Williams is 4,400. I love that value there. I think there could be a lot of garbage time carries for Javante Williams in this game against this really, really just bad football team. Just a horrible football team. Melvin Gordon, I have him as my 22nd ranked running back, and Javante Williams as my 25th with James Robinson, who I have pretty far down there to be honest because it is no referendum on his skill set it's a huge referendum on urban meyer who is just a donkey i like the fact that he saw six targets in this game but he had five carries for 25 yards with a seven yard long he was picking up yards on the ground but they didn't run the football they they were you know down early against a houston texan team that sucks but the denver broncos is a much better team than the houston texans and it could be an ugly affair for james robinson and i just don't necessarily trust Urban Meyer to utilize his skill set. So if you can get away from James Robinson, I would, but you may not have that opportunity since you probably spent like a fourth or fifth round pick on him. As for the receivers, no Jerry Judy in this game. Very, very unfortunate. I think Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler are wide receiver threes that you can definitely consider playing. Cortland Sutton is probably a low-end wide receiver too. Hope that he sees a little bit more targets in this game. He wasn't that involved against the New York Giants. DJ Chark was very involved in a lot of garbage time at 12 targets. Only caught three of them for 86 yards. He's never really been the most efficient receiver, but he did get in the end zone last week and I expect uh, Trevor Lawrence to target him a lot again and Marvin Jones he was another one at nine targets five for 77 had another garbage time touchdown as well I think 
both of them are in play, as is LaVisca Chenault, whose targets are all around the line of scrimmage. You need him to kind of break out a big play. He's much more of a PPR type of weapon rather than somebody who's probably going to score a long touchdown. But hey, all it takes is one. That's all it takes, right? One big play. That's what you hope to get. Alrighty, before we get into the rest of these matchups, we're going to try to go quickly through them. Let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The Rams travel to Indianapolis, 48 over-under. Rams are favored by 3.5 in this game with an implied point total of 25.5 points. Let's get into these players that you're going to start. I'm not looking to really start many players on Indianapolis outside of the obvious. Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, who was involved in this game, had nine carries for 34 yards, eight targets, caught six of them for 48 yards. This coaching staff loves Hines. They want to utilize Hines, and I think Hines is a solid desperation I don't even want to say desperation flex play, but a very, very low-end running back two that you can plug in if you really, really need. I have him actually in full PPR leagues as my running back 25, so just outside running back two range, just ahead of Kenyon Drake and Micah Davis as well, who I'm not particularly high on in this game. So I think you can start Hines, you definitely start Taylor, and from a from a receiver standpoint, I don't really want to go down the Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell, Zach Paschal uh, range against Jalen Ramsey in this secondary, so I'm not interested. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, fire them up. Daryl Henderson, fire him up. I don't think enough people are talking about how good Daryl Henderson was in, in the game on Sunday Night Football, to be honest with you, because he had 94% of the snaps. 94 Everyone thought this was going to be like a 60-40 split with Sony Michelle. It was not. He had 94% of the snaps. He did a solid job. And I know he ended up falling into the end zone, which was, you know, great for fantasy production. 16 carries for 70 yards, fell into the end zone. But that's going to happen with these long plays that Matt Stafford can generate where there's going to be a lot of tackles at the five-yard line. And we know Sean McVay does like to run the football. I think Henderson is an excellent play, so plug him in. I know a lot of people are considering him in flex type of option right now, especially if you went running back early and you ended up getting Henderson in like the sixth, seventh round, which looks like an absolute steal right now. Definitely plug him into your lineup, even though it's not on the road against the Colts defense who have guys like DeForest Buckner. I think the Rams should be able to handle the Colts well. 
to Eiler Higby. He's definitely somebody to fire up as well. He was involved in a solid manner. Six targets caught five for 68 yards. And I don't really want to go down the Jack Doyle, no Alley Cox uh, way either. I mean, I'm just not really necessarily high on this Carson Wentz offense as of right now. They didn't show all that much against Seattle. A lot of checkdowns to running backs and just didn't really look the receiver's way. I don't expect that to deviate against one of the better secondaries in the National Football League. And now we got the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Las Vegas Raiders in Pittsburgh on a short week, emotional overtime win, a Monday night football for the Raiders. So <laughs> you got, now they got to travel to the East Coast. I mean, it doesn't look great. It's not a great setup for the Raiders, but the Pittsburgh offense has been very, very, very bad. The over-under of this game is 47. Pittsburgh's implied point total is 26.5, and they're favored by 6.5 in this game. So Josh Jacobs was ruled out in this game already. I like Kenyon Drake. He should have that receiving role and probably will get a big increase in carries now with Josh Jacobs out. He had only six attempts last week, but he did catch all five of his targets for 59 yards. I have Kenyon Drake right now ranked at 26, right behind Naheem Hines, and that's because Josh Jacobs is out. This is a very, very tough defense. I don't expect him to do much on the ground. I think all of his production is going to be coming through the air. Obviously, you fire up Darren Waller for wide receivers. I'm not interested in Brian Edwards. I'm not interested in Hunter Renfro. Henry Ruggs never gets any targets or production or anything like that. It just seems like Derek Carr and John Gruden, that offense is just devised to look at Darren Waller. And if Darren Waller is not there, still throw it to Darren Waller. And if Darren Waller is really covered, then you can possibly try to go through progressions and find somebody else. But that's another reason why I also expect a lot of dump-offs to Kenyon Drake, because I think the secondary is going to do a good job locking up this Raiders team who's traveling on a short week. As for everybody else in this game, Najee Harris played 100% of the snaps for Pittsburgh. You're firing him up. I think you can play Ben Roethlisberger, even though I don't really think he's that great anymore. But I think Las Vegas is just uh, going to be susceptible against the pass in this specific situation of them traveling for a 1 o'clock game on a short week, as I said. So I have Ben Roethlisberger right now ranked at 13 right in front of Baker Mayfield and right behind Ryan Tannehill. So I think that's somebody that you can plug into your lineup and and be confident about, even though I feel like general consensus is a lot of people aren't confident about him right now because it looks like he's a little bit washed. Deontay Johnson is definitely somebody who's in play. 10 targets, caught 5 for 36 yards and a touchdown that bailed his week out. I think it could be a little bit better. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is also a low-end, or I guess I'll say a high-end Wide receiver three, I have Juju right now ranked as wide receiver 26, so just outside of that wide receiver two range. Chase Claypool, you're, you're hoping that he hits a big play. I mean, he had five ca- or three catches on five targets for 45 yards, and they also had that one rushing attempt for 25 yards, which is something that the Steelers love to do with him. He can definitely take advantage of the secondary, and I kind of expect him to hit a big play in this game at home. The Steelers usually get up to play at home. But um, I think all these receivers are in play in this specific match. If I have Chase Claypool as my wide receiver 35 right now, tight end-wise, Eric Ebron, I'm not necessarily interested in Pat Fryer moves. I think he's going to end up taking his job by the end of the year. He had one catch. It was nice for 24 yards. Big situation. And then Pittsburgh's defense are firing it up. You're firing up Denver's defense as well. I did not bring that up before, but I'm pretty sure you already knew that. New Orleans and Carolina, an NFC South matchup. It's a 44.5 over-under. New Orleans is favored by 3.5 with an implied point total of 24 points. Both running backs fired them up. They're absolute studs. Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, I want to say they're 
right now in my rankings, they're one and two because there's going to be so many little checkdowns to them. New Orleans defense is hard to run on, but it doesn't matter. McCaffrey is just an absolute stud in any kind of PPR format and any format in general for that matter. I think both quarterbacks are aren't ideal. I know James is coming off with a five touchdown game, but Carolina really had a great pass rush against the Jets. Could be because Mekhi Becton got hurt and the Jets protection is terrible. Could be because Carolina's coming along as a pressure defense. It's probably both, to be honest. I think Jameis is definitely someone you can start, but he only threw 20 passes last week. More game script dependent than anything else. Right now, I have Jameis Winston as my quarterback 18, just behind Kirk Cousins, and going to Carolina, a place that he's played in several times when he was a Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting quarterback. And uh, But I think there's better options out there. Two-quarterback league, yes. If not, I mean... Hopefully there's somebody maybe a little bit better unless you're in a very deep league where there are 18 quarterbacks starting for other or on other rosters, I should say. Sam Darnold, I have him as my quarterback 25. You can definitely look to do better than Sam Darnold. As for the wide receivers, I think DJ Moore is a smash start. Robbie Anderson is somebody that you're probably going to start, but it wasn't great. He, if you started him last week, you're bailed out by a 57-yard touchdown, which was his only reception. Right now, I have Robbie Anderson as my wide receiver 40 in my rankings the last ranked wide receiver that I have I think uh, DJ Moore is probably somebody that you could after this game I know Marshawn Lattimore is not playing this is a very good defense that should pressure Sam Darnold I think DJ Moore may be looking for a down week for him but after this game I would look to probably target him and trade for him because I just think he's an absolute stud Mark West Callaway I mean I don't have him ranked but last week was more of a product of Jair Alexander than anything else and I think he could be in for a bounce back game so just kind of keep that in mind if you're in a tough spot Uh, last week was just very very odd in terms of the New Orleans passing game so I think uh, Callaway could, could kind of come back up and be like, hey, I'm still here. And then everyone's going to forget that he was ever even a, a, a darling in the offseason. They're just going to kind of relate him to a bust after that disappointing week one. As for the tight ends, if you're really desperate, I have Adam Troutman ranked. And Adam Troutman, a lot of hype around him in the offseason, got injured in preseason, came back. And everyone's talking about Juwan Johnson because he had the two touchdowns. But Troutman was out there significantly more than than uh, Juwan Johnson, and he had the most targets on the team. He had six targets, caught three of them, only for 18 yards, but just putting his name out there. He has a lot of talent. He's a good blocker. He's going to see the field, and I think we know Jameis Winston loves to throw to big body types of players in the middle of the field. I think Troutman can uh, can be that guy, and I think New Orleans defense is in play. Arizona and Minnesota, a juicy 51 point over under. Arizona is favored by three and a half, 27 and a half implied points for the Arizona Cardinals. I gotta say, the Vikings, I mean, their offensive line did not look good against the Cincinnati Bengals, which can be a huge problem. I'm Although that's the case, I expect the quick game of the Vikings to kind of get going. I think J- Justin Jefferson is going to have a really good game. He had nine targets, caught five for 71 last week. Not terrible, but Adam Thielen was more of the guy who popped in terms of fantasy football 10 targets caught nine for 92 yards and two touchdowns actually looked pretty good even though he's getting a little bit long in the tooth but uh uh, my money's in on justin jefferson this week but you're gonna start hopkins you're gonna start jefferson you're gonna start adam thielen if you have him christian kirk i mean he operated in the slot more than he did last year because aj green is now there to kind of be that boundary receiver and we know that Cliff Kingsbury, he uses a bunch of different personnel packages, but you know he likes to spread it out a lot and get a lot of speed on the field. Now that he has Rondell Moore, he's going to do that even more. (laughs) See what I did there. But I don't know if I'm comfortable enough, even though he scored two touchdowns last week, to roll out Christian Kirk 
or even Rondell Moore, even though I think either could have a smash game. I just, I'm not sure which option is going to do that. KJ Osborne had a great game last week. Still not going to roll him out there. And the running backs, I mean, Dalvin Cook, you're going to start. Chase Edmonds, I think you can start and be confident about. He had 12 carries for 63 yards, caught four of his four targets for 43 yards. James Conner is going to be the goal line back when, when, Kyler Murray had his touchdown. It was James Conner out there. There was a penalty also when they were on the one-yard line. James Conner was the one out there. James Conner is going to vulture some touchdowns for Edmonds. So if you're desperate, you can roll him into your lineup. But honestly, it's it's a little bit of a desperation play. Although I do believe the Arizona Cardinals should handle Minnesota really well because that pass rush for the Arizona Cardinals is going to is going to give Kirk Cousins and company a lot of problems. I think Cousins is startable. Kyler Murray, you're plugging into your lineup. Kirk Cousins, I have him right now as quarterback 17, so I think he's definitely somebody that you can start and plug into your lineup, although he's going to be under pressure. He's going to have to get rid of the ball really, really quickly, so expect some dump-offs to Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, and hopefully those guys can make plays to kind of give Kirk Cousins a little bit more fantasy points than maybe he's earning just through air yards. And tight end-wise, I'm not really interested in any of these players, and fire up Arizona's defense. Atlanta and Tampa Bay. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as I said right now, is a 52-point over-under, 32.5 implied total. They're favored by 12.5. You're firing up Tom Brady. Matt Ryan, he's not that great in garbage time, to be honest, and he's proven this so many times. Very, very disappointing last week. I'd like to get away from Matt Ryan if 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 I could. I'd like to rather start guys like Trevor Lawrence over Matt Ryan, Tua Tungavailoa, Jameis Winston, and it's a shame, but... The Falcons shot themselves in the foot against a Philadelphia Eagles team that's not nearly as good as this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. They were undisciplined. They were committing penalties. It was a it was a gross first game for Arthur Smith as the head coach. But for the running backs, I don't really love any running back in this game. I would probably fire up Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones, if you want to play with fire, you can fire him up, to be honest. Micah Davis is a player who you know, had a solid snap share for this team, and it seems like they're going to be committed to running the football. He played 75% of the snaps, but we know what Tampa Bay's defense does. They're a funnel defense where they're like, you're not going to run on us. The teams can't run on Vita Vea. So you hope that Matt Ryan dumps the ball off a solid amount to Mike Davis. Last week, he had six targets, which is encouraging. But on the road against Tampa Bay, one of the toughest run defenses. I mean, if you can get away from Mike Davis, I would, to be honest. Like Right now, I have Mike Davis ranked at running back 27. I have guys like Kenyon Drake and Naheem Hines and Javante Williams and Elijah Mitchell over him. So just uh, something to kind of keep in mind right now. Ronald Jones, as I said earlier, I kind of alluded to it. I don't love these running back by committees where one week a guy could be amazing and the next week he could just be benched. Ronald Jones is one mistake, one pass protection uh, missed, which he's probably not even going to be in many situations where he has to pass protect because the team has Giovanni Bernard, who was coming off an injury, didn't play that much last week, and or one fumble, which he did commit in week one, away from just riding the bench and just killing your fantasy dreams. So I don't like playing with those kind of players. But he's still somebody who could, at home, in a positive game script where Tampa Bay should be leading, can just grind the clock out, kill the clock, and do wonders for your team. So you got to kind of play the risk game, look at who your opponent has, and see if you need that risky type of upside play in Ronald Jones, which he does have. But Leonard Fournette's not going anywhere. And that's one reason why I don't like playing with backfields like this. Wide uh, receiver-wise, love Antonio Brown in this game. Love, love, love Antonio Brown. I, I think... 
the he might be one of the biggest values in the draft. He was going in the ninth round in some drafts, which is insane to think about because he's going to smash that value. He had 121 yards on seven targets, caught five balls, and a touchdown last week. If you're going to play Mike Evans, if you have him, hope for a bounce-back game against a bad secondary. Chris Godwin, you're going to play, and obviously you're going to play Ridley, but I'm not going to entertain Russell Gage. I think you can play both these tight ends, Rob Gronkowski and Kyle Pitts. Gronk might have played his best game in 2021 last week. I mean, he caught all of his eight targets for 90 yards and two touchdowns. I don't necessarily expect that again, but I think if you probably went out and got him off the free agent wire, you're going to roll him out there. Tampa Bay's defense is also smash. On to the one 25 slate for us on the Pacific Coast. No, it was the 105 slate. The last two games we went over. Dallas and the Chargers. This is a probably the sexiest game on the slate in terms of the over-under. That or the Chiefs and the Ravens, which is the Sunday night football game. This is a 55.5 point over-under. The Chargers are favored by 3.5 with a 29.5 point implied total. I mean, I love the fantasy points in this game. So I'm firing up a lot of these players. Prescott, Herbert, Smash. You're going to plug them in. Eckler. Elliott, you're plugging them in. I'm probably not going to entertain any of those other running backs. Yeah, Pollard would be somebody that you could entertain because he was out there for a solid amount of snaps. But this is still Zeke's backfield. I mean, he ran Zeke. People are complaining about his fantasy production in week one, which is very, very understandable. But I think he's a buy low candidate. I think he's definitely somebody that should have a good game, should have a bounce back game. I mean, he ran 40 routes last week. He's going to be involved in the passing game. I know Pollard played 24% of the snaps and actually received a solid amount of touches when he was out on the field, but I'm not I'm not too worried about Ezekiel Elliott right now. Wide receiver-wise, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Mike Williams are all smash plays. This, this game is going to be a high-scoring game, so just expect it. And Jared Cook, I think, is a really good tight end play as well. You could start Blake Jarwin or Dalton Schultz, but similar to a lot of other situations, it, it could be either or. They about split snaps and, and production last week. I think Schultz had six targets, so he, he received a little bit more than Blake Jarwin, who had three, but... It, it, it's definitely unpredictable, and you'll probably find better tight end play elsewhere, but this is a high-scoring game, so if you really wanted to roll the dice, then one of those guys could be solid, if, but you kind of have to get lucky. Now, if one of Schultz or Jarwin get injured, then the other one ends up being really, really interesting. And as for the defenses in this game, I mean, I'm not don't really want to go down that rabbit hole as of right now. I mean, the Chargers defense looked really good against Washington last week, but Dallas's offense looked really good against Tampa Bay in that loss. Tennessee and Seattle in this game. So we have the Seattle Seahawks who looked great in week one. The 30 and a half implied total favored by six and a half with a 54 point over under at home against the Tennessee Titans team that was just beaten bad by the Arizona Cardinals. I think if you have Russell Wilson and Ryan Tannehill, you're starting them both. I know Tannehill disappointed last week. And I think that offensive line was atrocious. I don't think Seattle's going to be able to get as much pressure as Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt were able to get. But I think this offensive line is always going to be an issue. We know the offense runs through Derrick Henry. If they can't establish the rock, this offense may be pretty uh, problematic. But I think A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are going to have bounce-back games here. I think Ryan Tannehill will also have bounce-back games because he's going to have a little bit more time to maneuver the pocket. So I'm settling and and going with both of those quarterbacks. I have Russell Wilson as my third-ranked quarterback in the week. Ryan Tannehill, my 12th. And then the running backs, Chris Carson, I'm going to play. Derrick Henry, you're going to play. Chris Carson last week had 16 carries for 91 yards, saw three targets, caught all three for 26. He's Always one of the more underrated type of fantasy running backs. 
in fantasy football for whatever reason, and he's definitely somebody that you want to put into your lineup. Smashing DK Metcalf, smashing Tyler Lockett, smashing AJ Brown, and I will play Julio Jones. Now, Julio had six targets, caught only three for 29 yards. It was a terrible game overall. I think this game... From, I think there's going to be more offense from Tennessee in this game, but I expect Tennessee to lose this game on the road. Uh, it's just, uh, it's probably not going to look pretty. I think Seattle's offense is going to carve them up. I think Russell Wilson is in for a huge week. I have Julio Jones right now as my 36th rank receiver. So he's somebody that you can play, but you're hoping that he has this rapport with Ryan Tannehill. It seemed like the offense was just completely off last week, but I expect there to be a lot of points on the Seattle side, which should lead to some fourth quarter garbage time points for Tennessee, something that didn't really happen enough last week. As for the tight ends, you can play Gerald Everett. He had two targets for 20 yards, caught two, both of them, and a touchdown. Hoping he falls into the end zone. Him and Will Disley are about splitting snaps, so there are definitely better options, but probably not on the free agent wire. And Everett is also, he's an, ath- he's an athletic tight end he's somebody that you can line as a big slot the fact that Dwayne Eskridge is hurt the slot receiver for the um Seahawks probably bodes well for Everett to see maybe a little bit of an increased target share and snap percentage so I think Everett who knows the offensive coordinator who came over from the Rams I think he is a a solid option but it's it's not somebody that you should rely on on in terms of probably getting a lot of points for you just because that upside may not be there i have him ranked as my 15th tight end just behind johnny smith and in front of adam troutman to be honest and i have troutman kind of high if i'm going to be real and then um, i'm probably not going to start Ferkser or will disley even though disley is involved moving on to the sunday night football matchup where the Kansas City Chiefs will travel to the Baltimore Ravens. Very, very juicy over-under of 54.5. The Chiefs implied total of 29.5, and, and they're favored by four, the Chiefs, even though they're on the road. That's because they have Patrick Mahomes. You're starting. Lamar Jackson, starting. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, starting. I'm not in love with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but he had 14 carries, had three catches on three targets. Right now, I have Clyde Edwards-Elaire ranked as my 19th running back, so definitely a running back two type of option on the road against a solid defense that Josh Jacobs had a good fantasy game against, but if you watch the game, you could tell that he's lucky he fell into the end zone twice, Josh Jacobs, against this Baltimore front, but I think Pat Mahomes is going to have a heck of a game, you know, go figure that one out, so you're really going to smash the receivers of Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, the tight end, those are, you know, the offense runs through those two. I'm not going to entertain Demarcus Robinson or Nicole Harbin. They could hit a huge play. That's good, but I'm, I'm still I'm not going down there. As for the Baltimore running backs, which is probably the biggest conversational point in this game, I think Tyson Williams' mistakes down the strikes stretch of the last game may relegate him to the bench a little bit more than than fantasy managers are going to want i think he's going to be out there on third down because of his receiving skills i think he'll still see some work and be in a split timeshare with latavius murray i think devonta freeman can work into this though and it's just going to make it a gross situation like if i wanted to have one of these running backs it'd probably be tyson williams in ppr latavius murray and non but i think those pass blocking mistakes are going to put Williams on the bench. Uh, not not, not full-time, but just 
kind of scale his roll back a little bit. So that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to go all in on Tyson Williams, despite the fact that he looked solid and he had a couple really nice runs against the Las Vegas Raiders. As for these wide receivers, other than Tyreek Hill on the Baltimore side, Marquise Brown is questionable. It's looking like he's going to play. I really don't want to go down the any kind of passing weapons for Baltimore outside of Mark Andrews, who I expect to have a bounce back week playing against Travis Kelsey. I think these are two of the better tight ends. Andrews definitely didn't come through for you in week one, but I expect a bounce back week against the Kansas City Chiefs, a game script that should lead to a lot of throwing because these Chiefs offense is going to put up points. And as for that Ravens defense, I know a lot of people probably have the Ravens defense right now. I um, I would look to go for another defense, probably, because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Moving on to the last game that we're going to go over, the Monday night football game where the Green Bay Packers get to host the Detroit Lions, who made the week one game against the San Francisco 49ers pretty darn interesting, which uh, a lot of people did not expect. But Detroit, their implied point total right now is 18.5. The Green Bay Packers are favored by 11, and the over-under is 48 points. I I think Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams are going to obliterate the Lions. I have Aaron Rodgers, who I was not particularly high on coming into this season. I had him as a quarterback two, but the last quarterback two in my quarterback tier. I had a big quarterback two tier behind guys like Justin Herbert, well behind uh, well behind guys like Dak Prescott, and, and, and even behind guys like Jalen Hurts and Ryan Tannehill. But I think Aaron Rodgers is going to smash. I think Devontae Adams is going to have a bounce back week. He's my second ranked receiver. Aaron Jones is my fourth ranked running back. I think there's going to be a lot of offense from that side of the football. I don't think they're going to probably slow down all that much because they were embarrassed against the Saints. This has been a turmoil week for them, and I expect them to come out really, really hungry, really, really focused. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he had a really, really uh, tumultuous off season and Detroit Lions are not a good football team. They're they're just not. They're on the road. I think Jared Goff is going to probably struggle in this game. I, I like DeAndre Swift and even Jamal Williams to a certain extent, although they're both dealing with nagging injuries. Jamal Williams has a pec injury. DeAndre Swift has a groin injury, but they were just limited in practice on Friday because the game is on Monday. So I'm sure they'll be fine in walkthroughs tomorrow for the Monday game. I think you could start both of them. More Obviously, Swift, you're going to start. I think Swift is probably somebody who was an extreme value in a lot of fantasy drafts. He saw 11 targets last week, caught eight of them for 65 yards, and this is a game script where the Lions are probably going to be throwing a lot in the fourth quarter. So give me some DeAndre Swift. Jamal Williams, I think he's going to have his role. Had nine carries for 54 yards, caught eight of his nine targets for 56 yards. And Jamal Williams, he's just, this is a revenge game. Obviously, he comes from the Packers. He had a great clip on Twitter going around about how the Packers dumped him, and now he's with Detroit, and they're taking care of him. It was He's a lot of personality. I really uh, like Jamal Williams, but uh, I think he's somebody else that you could definitely consider as a flex option. As for these wide receivers, Devontae Adams is the easy smash, obviously. All these other guys, I mean, I think you could probably do better than, than them all. Someone is going to get the treatment of that Marquez Callaway faced of seeing Jair Alexander, but none of these Detroit Lions pass catchers as of right now are stepping up to the plate to be fantasy relevant and obviously somebody can have a big game but you don't want to risk that and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling can hit a big play or do anything like that he's definitely a best ball type of option but that ship has already sailed so I'm really just plugging in Devontae Adams and I'm plugging in 
TJ Hawkinson from the Detroit side because you know Jared Goff's going to be peppering him underneath. He had 11 targets, caught eight of them from 97 yards last week. And then big Bobby Tanyan, I think he's another option. He wasn't heavily involved last week. Last week, I think you could throw it out the window. It was just a terrible, 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 terrible game by the Green Bay Packers. I have Tanyan ranked as my 11th tight end just behind Dallas Goddard, just in front of Jared Cook. But honestly, I might even consider moving Jared Cook above Bobby T because that over-under is just really, really juicy. Alrighty, everybody, this is Falato's Fantasy Corner here on the Big Blue View radio network please check us out over there big blue view we have great content covering the new york giants fantasy football and the nfl at large so thank you so much everyone for listening to this have a great week and go get a fantasy dub